Hey everyone, and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that talks about video game news, stories, and highlights. My name is Luke, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me on episode number 40 of Games Are Fun. Games Are Fun is a video game podcast. It airs every week on Tuesdays. You can catch it on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, CastBox, Spotify, all the podcast services. Just search for Games Are Fun. Each week, I talk about video games. Sometimes I'm talking about what's happening in the industry. I'm talking about major news announcements around certain video games. And other times I'm just sharing my experiences with video games, what games I'm playing, what games I'm looking forward to, maybe sharing some memories of some games from the past. But regardless, each week I talk about video games. So if you enjoy playing video games or just love to hear about what's going on in the video game industry this is the show for you so thank you so much if this is your first time checking out the show welcome now in today's episode i'm going to be talking mostly about the major news that came from last week and that is the announcement of pokemon sword and pokemon shield so i'm going to be going over everything that we saw in that pokemon direct and Then I'm going to go over my thoughts and impressions on Sword and Shield and just what I think of that first look at the game, maybe any criticisms I had, some things that I saw that I liked, that kind of stuff. I'm going to be sharing my opinions around that. And then to end off the show, I'm going to be sharing your games with gold for March and your PlayStation Plus games for March as well. And then I also have a story that I saw that had been flowing around on the internet and I wanted to share it with you guys because I thought it was a great story. I don't really have much to add to it, but I thought I'd end off the show with that. Um, But actually, after that, what I actually am going to end the show with is just checking in with you guys. I feel like I haven't told you guys what games I've been playing lately, what games I've kind of been connected to. Um, It's been a lot of Apex Legends. That's taken up a big chunk of my time, but I finally uh, have beat another game. Um... So I'm just going to end the show off with that. If you want to be part of the show, you can write on in gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. Send me a message. Send me what you thought of today's episode. If you have any comments about any of the topics that I talk about, or if you you know maybe didn't agree with something I said on the show, those are the things that I would love to hear from you. So make sure you email me, and then I can bring that into discussion on the next episode. I really, really love listener interaction. Uh, and the more you guys send in stuff, the more I have available to me to, to kind of reach out and talk to talk about different points that maybe I didn't bring up in the show. One of the hard things about doing this podcast by myself is that I don't have another person there to kind of maybe debate with me on certain things, bring in different perspectives. And so with you guys writing in, that can really, I think, take the show to the next level. Um, so please feel free to do that. Like I said, games are fun podcast at gmail.com. Send your, your comments on the show to that email address and uh, I'll, I'll try to respond back to them or if not, respond to them on next week's episode. So let's get into the first story and that is Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield were announced last week at the Nintendo's Pokemon Direct. I believe it aired, I think a day after last week's episode. I teased last episode that uh, there was going to be a Pokemon Direct and that this week I would be talking all about that. So we got exactly what was planned. We got an announcement for the new Pokemon titles that are coming to Switch this year. There's going to be two titles, just like previous generations, um, you know, going back all the way to blue and red. Uh, This time it is Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. I want to say right off the bat that 
I don't think Pokemon Shield is going to do as good as Pokemon Sword unless, uh, but we don't know, right? Some, a lot of the times the, the names of the games are linked to the legendary Pokemon in the game. And so who knows? But anyways, we got those titles and we also got our kind of first glimpse at the game. Um, so one of the first things that we got to see in the trailer is the Galar, I believe that's how you pronounce it, Galar region. And uh, so Galar region is the home to the, the eighth generation of Pokemon. Each generation kind of has a different region. And a lot of times these regions are based on real places in the world. Obviously, Sun and Moon, very influenced on it was very influenced by Hawaii. Uh, you go back to X and Y was Paris. You had some other locations based on certain spots in Japan. That's just kind of uh, where they take a lot of their inspiration from is from real world places and then translating that into a new region that they create. So the gallery region is, is this new one and it looks like it's taking a lot of inspiration from the UK and different parts of Europe. That's kind of the impression I got from it. it looks very industrial like. Um, they showed uh, like a railroad system that connects to, to towns and stuff like that as well as there's like big fields and stuff the countryside as well and so you have this old England kind of vibe to it as well as like I mentioned the countryside so that's kind of interesting uh, we actually did get a look at the map it's kind of a long vertical map um, as opposed to a big square or you know obviously sun and moon shook things up quite a bit with having different islands and stuff um, but yeah this one looks like it is a long just a long rectangle. Um, I'm assuming you're starting near the bottom of this map and then making your way probably to the top. That's usually, you know, in previous generations, the Pokemon games would start you uh, in a certain corner and you kind of work like clockwise or whatever. Um, this one's a little bit different. I know that there's other games that kind of change up uh, the map and stuff like that. But uh, to be honest with you, I was... Kind of skeptical about this because I was really hoping for a map that was kind of maybe new and had a different, just a, a different look to it, I guess. I, I'm not, I can't think of the, the word I'm looking for, but traditionally, like I said, these maps have been kind of a linear path. And now I'm not saying that I want it to be all open world, but I wanted them to somehow shake things up, maybe make it still a linear path, but still have it kind of a closed open world where you still feel like you have the freedom to kind of go to different parts. Um, but if there is a certain section of the map that needs to be restricted and locked off, um, they, they could do that somehow. And I think that's why Pokemon games are linear is because obviously in certain parts of the map, you're dealing with higher level Pokemon, higher level trainers and gyms. And to be able, if an open world, to be able to go and access those right at the beginning of the game, how are you going to you know help the player from getting into a battle or encountering Pokemon that are way above the level of your Pokemon? So that's kind of why I think they still stuck with this. They probably couldn't figure out a way to do that. Or maybe... They, they didn't have any um, inspiration to change things up. This is something that works is 
and so that's what they're going to stick to. Of course, this is all speculation on my part, just going off the map, what I saw from the trailer. I don't know. There could be new features in this that we still haven't heard about, right? This is still kind of just a teaser trailer showing us small details about certain things. And so before I, I should say at the top of this, before I go into some of the other stuff that take, take what I say with a grain of salt, right? This is a mixture of, you know, me, criticizing or critiquing certain things that were that I I'm a, making the assumption that that's how they're going to be but of course I don't know that this this it could be very different once the game actually releases so just take what I say with a grain of salt it's more coming from what I would still like to see in this game so that that was one thing is is the map um but nonetheless I like the the environment i like that it's kind of set in a place like that it has a snowy snow area um kind of it looks like we're dealing with the four seasons right and i really like that part of games games that have different weather systems or change up the kind of environment if it's all just grass water dirt like every other pokemon game it kind of gets repetitive and a little burned out and so I think it'd be cool to bring in other things like that or even bringing in a weather system where it rains or it can be cloudy or sunny. Um, sometimes that's hard to translate in a game like Pokemon, but I think that would be really cool to see. So um, what else do we have? So it looks like, uh, like I mentioned, that the southernmost settlement on the map is probably going to be your starter town your hometown that you start in and then you're going to probably work your way up um the map's kind of cool because we have like some lakes mixed in with it and then kind of in the middle part that's kind of the more uh industrial type part of the uk that i think they're trying to go for um you have tons of mountains uh there was a part in the trailer where it looked like you were kind of underground rail system uh there's snow and then there's a big like kind of metropolis area at the top of the map um of course it's kind of hard for me to verbally describe what i'm seeing i would just go and look at it for yourself but uh it looks interesting it looks cool i like it it, it seems like a a game that uh, i think did a good job at nailing uh its setting so i'm really glad to see that so now that we've kind of gone over what the region looks like for pokemon sword and shield let's talk about the three starter pokemon so ign did a great job at kind of doing a summary on what we know so far of the three starter pokemon so just like previous pokemon games pokemon sword and shield will have a grass type a fire type and a water type to choose from at the start uh you have grookey you have Score Bunny and you have Sobble. So starting with Grookey. Grookey is the grass type chimp Pokemon. Um, from what we can tell from its introduction trailer, Grookey is an impeccable climber. It appears to tap on a rock with the stick it keeps in the leaves atop its head, suggesting it perhaps will use it as a weapon. However, doing this also seemed to heal the grass around it too, suggesting it will learn HP restoring moves. And then secondly, you have Score Bunny. Score Bunny is the fire type rabbit Pokemon. In the introduction trailer, Score Bunny is blazingly fast, literally leaving fire behind in its footsteps. It stands proudly after it arrives. Based on its entrance, we assume it will be a fast Pokemon. And then lastly, you have Sobble. 
Uh, Sobble is a water-type water lizard Pokemon. This Pokemon appears invisible when in the water in the reveal trailer, suggesting it will learn the move Acid Armor. This is a poison-type move where the user alters its cellular structure to liquefy itself and sharply raise defense. Um, from the official Pokemon website, a somewhat timid water lizard Pokemon that shoots out attacks as it hides itself in the water. And so that's kind of all we know about the three star Pokemon. We don't know what their uh, second evolution and their final evolution forms look like. Now let's kind of talk about a couple things here. So first off, uh, there's been kind of conversation going around about maybe hoping for a change up in the starter Pokemons. Now, this is interesting and something that I'm kind of split on. So every Pokemon game that's come before this, you always start with a grass Pokemon, a fire Pokemon, or a water Pokemon to choose from. Now, a lot of this is because you generally will have one, one if you, so, so let's say for example, you choose a fire Pokemon. Um, you are, because your fire Pokemon will be stronger against grass type Pokemons, right? Fire beats grass. That's, that's self-explanatory. And then you'll, your weakness is to water. And so that, that's kind of the structure around it is that whatever starter Pokemon you pick, your weakness is probably going to be one and you're, you're going to be able to fight and be, uh, sorry, you're going to be strong against one and weak against the other. That's the best way of putting it. And so they've done this for every single Pokemon game before. It makes sense. It's a good way to kind of lead in. Obviously, your gym leaders, though, depending on what starter Pokemon you pick, generally by the third or fourth gym, you've already hit that, that Pokemon uh, type that you're stronger against and so kind of gives you an advantage at getting your your feet wet in the beginning of the game getting accustomed to the different types of Pokemon and you know it's it's always been that it hasn't been anything else but now as we get to Jenny where there has been so many different kinds of Pokemon released it's interesting that we still stick to that same you know grass fire water starter selection I'm surprised that the Pokemon or Game Freak has not decided to mix that up a bit. Maybe throw in some other different kinds. Now, I'm not saying do something really crazy that makes it more difficult, like giving a Psychic, a Ghost, and a Fairy Pokemon at the start. But maybe something like that, right? Maybe some more elemental type Pokemon and provide them with a, you know, structure the game differently so that this is kind of maybe easier for the players to kind of figure out what these new types what their strengths and weaknesses are and kind of expose the player to something else besides always starting with the same thing that's kind of my take on it and there has been a little bit of conversation about that in the past also i apologize if you can hear that noise in the background if, if not don't worry about it. but there's a car in my complex in the parking lot outside that it just, there's something wrong with it and they need to get it fixed. Every time they start it up, it has a really loud squealing noise. So I apologize for that. Can't do much about it. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. I was hoping for a bit of a shakeup, maybe something different. They're sticking to what's worked. Um, and it, it's it's tough. A lot of the things that I talk about in uh, like, I, and that's where I kind of come down on the fence, right? Is I love Pokemon and what makes Pokemon Pokemon. 
there's so many things that uh, you need to keep in the franchise because that's what makes the franchise and what made it popular as popular as it is today. But at the same time, there needs to be a point where the game evolves and the franchises evolves into different mechanics and different gameplay and switches things up. And I know that there are different Pokemon games that give you different gameplay experiences that aren't these, but I'm, I'm wanting the traditional Pokemon RPG games to do different takes, right? And they do. They do evolve over time. Obviously, we are at a different place now than where we were. If you play Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and then go and play Pokemon Yellow, you're going to see a ton of difference even though it's a remake of the same game, right? So I'm glad that they are doing those things, but I was just really hoping for something different. And again, I don't know, maybe down the line there are big things that are revealed about this game that I don't know about right now, but it still seems like they're sticking to that traditional kind of feel and look to the game. So yeah, and then just talking about these three starter Pokemons, I never decide uh, right off the bat when they're announced because we always get like the what you the, the starters look like. All I care about is what their final evolution form looks like because that's generally what they're going to be when for the the post game and and the the later half of the game you only spend roughly 15 levels with your your starter pokemon before they eventually evolve so i'm gonna choose one that i think looks the coolest most badass i generally don't just stick to a certain type i very rarely pick grass type just because um it is sometimes more difficult than fire and water but um i've i've flipped back and forth uh blue i picked um I picked water uh, for Pokemon Gold. I picked water. And then I think for Ruby, that's when I picked Fire, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, I did. And even in Omega Ruby, I picked Fire. Uh, X, uh, for Pokemon Sun, I picked Fire. For Pokemon X, I picked Water. Like It just kind of goes back and forth with me. I don't really uh, care too much. I don't stick to, you know, I'm a, strictly a Fire starter. But... Yeah, if, if the Pokemon's going to look like trash at the end or look really silly and uh, stupid looking, then I'm not. I'm probably not going to pick that type. And to be honest with you, Pokemon Sun and... Like, I liked Incineroar. He was, he was probably my favorite out of all the evolutions for the starter Pokemon. But I have to say, like, the last generation has sucked with its starter Pokemon. I did not think any of them were great, in my opinion. Uh, visually and playstyle wise, I just was kind of like, meh, whatever. They weren't doing anything for me. I really hope that they can bring me back in. Um, from what I've heard online, it's kind of funny because it's split between the three. I've seen a lot of people. Uh, at first, I, I saw a lot of people um, really liking Grookey and then Sobble. And now I see a whole bunch of people really liking Score Bunny. So it's sweet that it's kind of evenly split across the three. That's really good. Generally, what happens is there's going to be one starter and everyone really likes that one. And the other two kind of get, um, you know, shafted. But it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll make sure to, once we get more information on these starters, I'll share them with you guys on the show. So lastly, let's just talk about um, everything else that we saw in the trailer and so we we talked about the region we talked about what Pokemon that we are going to see now let's talk about everything else not what the world looked like but what the play style kind of looked like so one of the things that 
was confirmed in the trailer is that random Pokemon encounters are back. So when you're walking through the tall grass, we saw it trigger uh, the cutscene or whatever to a battle of with that wild Pokemon. So obviously Pokemon Let's Go kind of came up with this new idea where you didn't have wild random encounters with wild Pokemon. Uh, you would see the Pokemon in the world and then you would walk into them to initiate the, the sequence. But instead of battling them, uh, you know, kind of battling down their HP and then trying to catch them, it was just kind of like the Pokemon Go style, like identical to Pokemon Go where you threw a Pokeball uh, with the at the Pokemon to catch, catch the Pokemon. No battling required. And so here's my take on that. I'm a little, again, I am going to be, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I'm a bit on the fence for it because... I actually really like that new system that was brought into Let's Go. I liked that they've removed the random battle encounters and stuff because that's one of the... And now I know that that's something that makes Pokemon what it is, but I... That's probably my least favorite part of Pokemon, especially like when you're in a section where maybe you've run out of repels and you're trying to get back to an area you've already been through and you have to go through like six triggers of a battle with a wild Pokemon that's annoying right um to always spam run 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 and you know have to to do that it's it's obviously okay when you're trying to level up your pokemon or trying to catch different pokemon like that's fine but even that right the great thing about let's go is like i see certain pokemon in the world in the grass i can see which pokemon it is and so i can choose whether or not i'm going to initiate that that uh catching sequence with it if I want to actually catch that Pokemon so it just kind of cuts down that time of having to hunt but again that's where some people really like Pokemon that's just not my favorite aspect of it so I I don't know again I don't know fully what's happening if it's reverting back to its original ways or if it's going to be a mixture of the two what I would really like is being able to see the Pokemon in the overworld but when I run into them, I don't want to just catch them, right? I still want that battle sequence and um, have the option to catch them afterwards, right? So I'm getting that both the, the power to gain XP by battling them and also the availability to catch them if I feel like it. But also having them walk around in the, that world so I can initiate those sequence. I can avoid certain Pokemon that I've battled a dozen times or I've caught already that's that's what I would like to see. I don't really like going in and, you know, especially when you're hunting for a Pokemon and then you you trigger, you know that they spawn in a certain location and then you trigger the same Pokemon like 10 times and that's not the Pokemon you're looking for. That can get annoying and tedious. But again, that's just my opinion on that. So it'll be interesting. I don't know what that will look like. Hopefully time will tell if it is going back to the same as it was before Let's Go, or if it's going to be a combination of Let's Go and some of the older games as well. Um, there also has been some Pokemon confirmed in the game. Uh, some of these were shown off in the trailer, and some of them were uh, just confirmed otherwise. And so, uh, yeah, they here are the Pokemon that we know are going to be in it so far. So we got Pikachu, uh, again... <laughs> Not great with names, so you can expect that I'm not going to be great with these Pokemon names. Uh, Min, Minikin, Minikino, 
wishy wishy washy uh grubbin hootoot zwell zwellis flygon Bra- bravaria walmer and meowstick <laughs> lucario uh tyranitar munchlax score bunny sobble grookey so that's the pokemon we know so far so hopefully you diehard pokemon fans shout out to brian uh are laughing at me because i butchered some of those but um yeah i i, I just can't i just can't wait to see the new gen pokemon that's the most exciting part to me obviously it's great that they brought back some game they're obviously they're bringing back pokemon from previous generations as they always do but I, the excitement for me is those new ones is there a cool new pokemon that i can get behind so um again more of those details will probably be released closer to release date maybe even into e3 we'll kind of get a better look at that so yeah that that's basically everything i would kind of wanted to talk about in the pokemon sword and shield reveal um overall it looks like it's still sticking to its roots but kind of trying to expand on some new things making it look like a a bigger game but just from the teaser trailer it looks like more of the same and that can be okay and it can also affect what people feel of the game, especially having played so many different Pokemon games, right? Uh, the only generations of Pokemon games I did not play were Pokemon Black and White and Black 2, White 2. It was the only generation I have never played before. Um, and some say that, that that's a great generation. So I'm pulling a lot of my experiences from playing those previous generations. I really like Gen 3 and Gen 2. Those are probably my favorite. Um, I liked X, I liked Omega Ruby, definitely. That's probably one of my favorite games, actually. And then uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon didn't really do it for me, personally. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I can't wait to see more about this game. I hope that it has, uh, we get to another look at it before, you know, a couple months from release day. I hope around E3 time that that's the game that they're going to be highlighting and focusing on. Um, I think that that's a pretty fair guess for it. And so, yeah, time will tell. I'd like to know what you guys think, though. As mentioned at the top of the show, email me, gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know, you know, do do you disagree with some of the points I bring up? Do you agree with them? Uh, Did you want to bring up a different point that I maybe missed on, on the show? Please email me. I really, really like having those kinds of conversations with you guys. Okay, and then next on the show, we're going to, this is something that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, So uh, Jeremy Winslow at GameSpot has the article, uh, but this obviously originated from Reddit. You'll understand what I mean by that in a second here. Uh, The title is, No One Noticed Apex Legends Map Leaked a Year Ago. So Apex Legends, the Battle Royale game from Titanfall developer Respawn Entertainment, made a huge splash when it launched in February 2019. An accessible first-person shooter with a cool ping system, Apex Legends has seen critical and commercial success, with their own review awarding it a 9 out of 10. However, the game's map leaked nearly a year ago and no one noticed or seemed to care. A Reddit user named Hitionic, sorry, that was it. My, it was playing tricks on me. Hit Ionic seemingly leaked Apex Legends map on the Titanfall subreddit 11 months ago. Unfortunately, the post was met with both disbelief and disappointment. They better not add Battle Royale 
in the next game, one Reddit user commented. I really hope this doesn't happen, wrote another. After a handful of comments, the thread went radio silent. To everyone's uh, chagrin or excitement, depending on which side of the coin you fall on, Apex Legends was Respawn's new Titanfall game. And so they show a picture of the map, and it is very much the same. Uh, so there's a, the map above is very much the map currently playable in Apex Legends. After being rediscovered in the Apex Legends subreddit, users are taking trips down memory lane, reflecting on and laughing about the accuracy of the leak, with some calling it into question the legit legitimacy of the user who initially posted it. Uh, user Hidionic hit is a mod here. Hmm, I smell intentional leaks from the dev team. I'm on to you, wrote one user. If the leak was intentional, it certainly didn't achieve the desired effect, commented another. Leaks are strange. It's hard to verify the, um, the validity of them, which is why they tend to remain untouched until confirmed by someone familiar with the project. Is it likely that Hidionic has a relationship with EA, perhaps via the company's Game Changers program? and respond to entertainment it's possible but a leaks a leak nonetheless always take them with a grain of salt uh so this was a cool interesting story that i wanted to bring up because i thought it was funny for one the fact that this game's map was leaked a year ago and no one believed him and then it actually ended up being true is crazy right now the question comes into did was this all their plan well if it was it obviously didn't work because People just kind of shrugged it off. There was only like 14 comments on the, the subreddit post initially. And so it didn't didn't have that effect, right? They stayed under wraps until, you know, the weekend before the launch, right? The week leading up to the actual announcement of the game. They were pretty quiet about it. So it's crazy to think that a year ago, like so long ago, there isn't a piece of information on this game, like a very large piece of information, a full map that was accurate and true and reflected what the map actually is to this day. It's crazy to think that that just went under under the radar for so many people. But that's the thing about leaks, and that's why I wanted to bring this up, is leaks are so crazy because they could just be made up on the spot. Like, I could just say something that isn't true. Like, you know, uh, especially if you have those connections of being linked to confirmed leaks things that were leaked ahead of time and ended up being true if you have a track record of that really you could leak what you want and probably get a lot of support or people to believe that and then on the vice versa if you could be somebody who has that vital information leak it but if you're the only one with that information um it's probably not going to go as far right so you know when we have people in rumors talking about Nintendo Switch and Game Pass going on it and it's being reported by so many different people. It's still a rumor. It hasn't been confirmed by Nintendo or by Microsoft yet, but there's so many people reporting on it. It's kind of like it has to be true, right? Um, but that's the thing that I love about leaks is because you don't know how much truth there is to them. I think back uh, last year when I started the podcast, it was around E3 time. And one of the bigger leaks that came up prior to E3 was by Walmart Canada. Someone, someone had posted on the website a bunch of video games that were supposed to be, uh, they were basically just black box art with the title of the game. And a bunch of those games weren't announced yet and they ended up being announced. I think the only ones that haven't officially been announced yet are a Splinter Cell game and I want to say... 
I'm sure there's another one in there I'm blanking on, but uh, all the other ones were true, which was it, which was pretty crazy. So you kind of think, well, did they just get lucky by guessing all those other games? And the, or is it the fact that those other games that like Splinter Cell that we haven't heard are, are still true? Ubisoft just hasn't uh, released an official announcement, right? So anyways, I, I just, I love leaks. That's why when we get closer to E3, as the leaks kind of come up and stuff, that's the stuff that I love to talk about. That's kind of why I, I actually wanted to do this podcast initially last year is to talk about those big get hype moments, those major news drops. And that's why I love watching award shows like the Game Awards or I like watching E3 or, or Gamescom. That's, that's, uh, those are the things that us gamers really live for and stuff. So, um, yeah, sometimes you have those leaks that, that release a lot of information and they don't go anywhere. And so it's, it's pretty fun to look back on now that when something's come to fruition and it's out there and it's been released, looking back at some of the, the leaks that happened that were pointing to this game's release and announcement, but no one even noticed. I, I love that stuff. So anyways, now let's talk about, uh, before we end off the show, We uh, it's a new month. That means you got new games with gold and new games for your PlayStation Plus. So for games with gold, uh, of course, if you have a game, uh, sorry, Xbox Gold subscription, these games are free for you this month. Um, and so the first one is available March 1st to 31st, and that's Adventure Time, uh, Pirates of the... Encaridon, Entried, an Adventure Time game for Xbox One. Um, and then you have Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 2, available March 16th to April 15th. Don't sleep on Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare. I played the first one and it was actually incredibly fun, so make sure you get that. Super Bomberman R, February 16th to March 15th. And then Star Wars Republic Commando. This is a OG Xbox game, original Xbox game. It's available March 1st to 15th. Um, make sure you get that one. And then Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Uh, and that's an Xbox 360 backwards compatible game. That's available March 16th to 31st. Make sure you get that game too. Because um, I don't think that's a game that you generally see just sitting in a clearance bin very often. I very rarely see that game come up um so that's a game just just download all these there's no excuse uh now moving on to playstation plus games for march 2019 two big major games so the first one is call of duty modern warfare remastered my favorite call of duty of all time is call of duty 4 modern warfare and when they announced that there was going to be a remaster of this game i was so hyped but unfortunately it was locked behind getting Call of Duty Infinity Warfare. Not only did you have to buy that game, you had to buy a special edition that was like more expensive, is like the Legacy Edition, and that's the edition that came with Call of Duty 4 uh, Remastered. And so I was just like, screw that, I'm not doing that, and I boycotted it, waited long enough, and eventually it got its own release on PS4 and Xbox One, got it for Xbox One, played quite a bit of it because again it is my favorite call of duty game put a lot of hours into the online multiplayer and yeah it's free if you have playstation plus subscribers so all my friends out there you know uh coleman hit make sure you download this game i'd love to play this game uh with some of you guys because it is one of my favorite games of all time so make sure you download that and then the second is the witness this is a puzzle platformer game and 
this was actually at Games with Gold uh, a couple months back, and this was a very well-received puzzle game. It's a first-person game. You're set on kind of like this island, and you kind of use these puzzles that are kind of all interconnected with each other to, uh, again, I never beat it, so I don't know where it comes from, but if you like puzzle games and you like those first-person puzzle games like Portal or um, any of the likes of that, check this game out. It's supposed to be really, really good. So those are your, your free ones there. Um, and just a reminder, this is kind of the last, uh, if you haven't, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, this is a reminder that PS3 and PS Vita games will no longer be part of the monthly free games for PlayStation Plus. So it'll be interesting. They finally killed off, um, PS3 and PS Vita games for this PlayStation Plus free games. I think at some point they're going to bring in like VR games. That's kind of been speculation for a little bit now that you'll get your two free games, then you'll get one free VR game, like maybe some of the older launch titles for VR. But anyways, yeah, free games are free. Download them. Even if you don't play them right away, just have them downloaded because as long as you're a subscriber to these platforms, you always have access to them. What I do is I just buy them or quote unquote buy them, download them. And, but I won't install them onto my hard drive. So I have the kind of like the, the license to play them um, as long as I'm a subscriber. So there's been times where I have, you know, done that for so many games and then it's four or five months later, I'll ins actually install it onto my Xbox and then play through it. So just always take advantage of these games. I can't believe people don't. Um, it blows my mind that people won't do it. It's free games. This is part of your subscription, so please make sure you do it. Uh, before I end off the show, I wanted to touch base with you guys and kind of let you know what games I've been playing lately. So one of the first things that I want to talk about is uh, my left Joy-Con eventually ran into enough issues. Uh, it ran in, I don't know if it was one of the reported issues that had happened to a lot of left joy cons but basically what happened was i was playing my switch one day and it was about 20 percent battery i usually always play my switch portably and so what i did is i just docked it that's where i charge it and didn't think anything about it came back a couple days later picked up my switch and i noticed my left joy con was not working and connecting so i, I troubleshot it i was doing all the things that it said to test and nothing was happening it actually when you click the sync button on the side of the joy-con it wasn't even lighting up and so i was just like what the heck like is it not charging is it isn't it because is, sometimes there's an issue with it not connecting to the console but at least you're getting that green light knowing that it has power and has charging so it, i wasn't getting any of that i was completely dead tried all the tips and then i wrote in or i didn't wrote in i called in to nintendo support told them my issue and they're just like, yeah, sorry, your warranty was actually up a couple months ago, go figure. Um, but is there any way for you to test if they're, if it's the console, right? Cause like if you can borrow a friend's Joy-Con and put it in the Switch, you know, if that Joy-Con works with it, then we know it's the Joy-Con and not the console itself. Cause he's like, if it is the Joy-Con, it's gonna be $30. And if it's the console, it's gonna be like 90 bucks or whatever. I'm like, well, I really hope it's the Joy-Con because I don't want to pay a hundred bucks. Again, in the long run, it is cheaper. Like if I went and bought an official licensed Nintendo Joy-Con, you can actually buy them separately. In I think it's about like 65 Canadian and then a hundred bucks for a pair. Um, and I'm like, that's way too much money for just 
a, a quick fix, right? I probably would use the extra Joy-Cons like if I bought the $100 pair, but the, it just wasn't an option at the time. And so I'm like, well, I don't have any friends that have Nintendo Switches, at least located in my area. And so I was like, how am I gonna do this? And so I remembered that there was those Hori, I believe they're made by Hori, um, licensed Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons. They were left Joy-Cons that came with a D-pad, um, but they were only usable in portable mode. And they're cool because they're like, also they were licensed, like there's a, a Mario one, a Pokemon one, and a Zelda one. And I knew that those were significant, significantly cheaper. And so I kind of was thinking that it was an option. And so I went to the store, got a one of those Joy-Cons, got a Zelda one, came home, put it on my Switch, it worked fine. I knew the problem wasn't with the Switch, it was now with the Joy-Con. So I called back Nintendo and reported my findings and they were actually nice enough to cover the shipping costs and also take $20 off my bill. So I actually only had to pay like $10.75 to get this Joy-Con fixed. It's not back yet, it's actually been confirmed that it's been repaired and it's on its way back to me, but that's awesome. Like props to Nintendo, that was great. They didn't need to you know, reduce the cost, but they did just because they felt like it. And uh, I, I wasn't even like, hey, can we try and get this cost cheaper, blah, 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 blah. They just like prompted that. They're the ones that initiated that, you know what, your your warranty expired a little while ago. Um, this is a, an issue that has happened with other Joy-Cons, we'll, we'll waive that. So that's really cool. I know that there are some people that uh, there's, they figured out fixes on how to fix this left Joy-Con issue and you can go on YouTube and open up your Joy-Con. I didn't want to do any of that. I'm not great at it. I tried doing that a long time ago with my Xbox 360 and I took it all apart and then I couldn't put it back together and so I had to go and buy a new Xbox. So I didn't want to do that with this. I sent it in and so yeah, props to Nintendo. Anyways, that has kind of halted a lot of some of my, my gameplay and stuff. Um, because I battled for like a week trying to figure out what was wrong with it before I actually got it sent away and got that new Joy-Con. So long story short, now that I had that Joy-Con while I was waiting, I was like, you know what? I need to get back into Pokemon Let's Go. I need to finish this off. I was about like 75% done it. And so I'm like, let's just crank it out. And so last night I finally beat it. Um, now my only thing left to do is the post game. I need to go catch Mewtwo. I need to do all that stuff, uh, get some... Uh, trade evolutions and stuff, but fill the rest of my Pokedex. I'm sending out about 100 Pokemon. I think I need 50 more. And yeah, so I, I beat that game. Glad that that's under wraps. I've uh, been playing a lot of Apex Legends still. It's just my a great go-to game. Like when you're, you come home, uh, only have like an hour to play some games, you can drop in, do a couple matches. That's, that's what I love about Apex Legends. So I've been doing that. Still need to go back and finish Claire's second run in Resident Evil. And then uh, I also need to finish off God of War. Those are two games that uh, are kind of lingering that I should should complete. And then I think once I complete one of those, either clear second run or finish off God of War, the next thing I'm allowing myself to do is get into Yakuza Kiwami 2 and play that game. I've had it since Christmas. It's brand new, hasn't been put in yet. And I wanted to play it so bad, but I have such a big backlog of games that I want to beat that I know if I take on Yakuza, like a 40 hour game, I'm not going to go back to those other games. So it's just like, 
let's finish the games I got now and then we can move on to the new one, right? I'm really restraining myself for that. It's really hard. I've almost booted up a couple times. So yeah, that, that's what games I've been playing. I did check out a little bit of Anthem, like an hour's worth. I have a 10 hour free trial because I'm an EA Access member. There's a lot of conversation going on about Anthem right now in the media and different podcasts and YouTube shows and stuff. And I have lots of thoughts on it all, but I don't have enough of uh, enough time with the game to kind of develop those thoughts. And because the conversation is moving so quickly on that, I probably won't ever put in my two cents on it on the show. If it ever comes up again later on, uh, maybe some uh, additional content added to the game that's relevant at the time I may talk about it but I am kind of dipping in with Anthem and then I'm pretty much done Crackdown 3 that was kind of a game that I added on to the side just because it was a game pass game it was free whatever uh, so that's been fun what games am I looking forward to well in March you have Devil May Cry 5 which I'm I'm pretty excited for and you have the Division 2 I think I might get one of those games I don't know which one yet um I might wait. I also really want to check out Far Cry New Dawn that came out last month. Uh, I loved Far Cry 5, was a really big fan of it. I know my brother-in-law and Coleman were big fans of Far Cry 5, so I'd love to get that game and, and play it. And then looking even further ahead, we got, you know, May... And, or April and May and April we got Days Gone and I'm genuinely excited for Days Gone that's a first party Sony game that I'm looking forward to and then come May I'm I'm pumped for Rage 2 I think that game looks incredible the mechanics look great the shooting looks flawless and seamless I'm excited for that so I it, leading up to E3 we got some great games ahead of us it's crazy because I just remember back in the day all the great games came out in fall right you had some different releases scattered throughout the year but that was the time that i went and got games now there's so many games coming out throughout the year that it's so hard to keep up with them right there's so many games that came out last month that were really great games um but because there's so many that like i can't get them all right so it's kind of a little bit frustrating, but I am looking forward to what games are to come and having those conversations with you guys and talking about them on future episodes. So yeah, that's it. That's this week's episode. It's a little bit shorter. I know I say that every time the, the show is under an hour, but I do want to try and stretch the show to a little bit longer. Uh, it's just been, time has not been on my side lately. been very busy. So these shows have been kind of pushed aside to the, I've been recording them at the last minute possible to get them up to you guys on Tuesdays. Um, I do have a couple announcements in the future to make about some new guests coming on the show. And so when that is ready to be announced, we'll have that. So thank you so much for listening to episode number 40 of Games Are Fun. Just a reminder that's available every Tuesday on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, CastBox, all the podcast services. Just search for Games Are Fun. And we will talk to you guys next Tuesday with whatever video game news I want to talk about. Have a good week, everybody, and we'll talk to you later. 